As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Morning all, you can text 0868104106. The story that I'll come back to in a few minutes' time makes the front of the echo and indeed uh, uh, the examiner as well this morning on Side. It's the story of Francis Francie Costello who lost an eye after a corrosive liquid was thrown into his face. He said that what his attacker had done to him was something you wouldn't do to an animal. He gave a statement outside court yesterday after John Paul Carey was sentenced to nine and a half years uh, sitting at, after yesterday's sitting at the Cork Circuit Criminal Court on charges relating to that incident. Uh, Francis' two brothers were also injured in the attack at the front door. So Barry Roach was in court for that yesterday for the uh, Irish Times and I will talk to him and indeed uh, Francis Costello himself in a few minutes' time. Uh, the story is picked up in the examiner this morning where um, apparently is Francis still a handsome man? That was the response from John Paul Carey when he was apprehended by Gardaí. Is Francis still a handsome man? In fact, it was so, the impact on him was so devastating. The examiner reports this morning uh, that uh, Francis uh, considered suicide after losing the eye. Uh, by all accounts, the pain just continued to get worse and worse and worse as the corrosive liquid dug into his skin. I won't be too graphic this morning. I understand uh, that some people might find it disturbing, but what a brave man to come through all of that and all of the recovery and all of the work that had to be done, losing an eye uh, and all of the issues regarding, you know, looking after his skin or trying to rebuild his health afterwards. It's just incredible that he came back from it. More on that in a, in a few minutes' time. The Echo this morning I say, um, how about the A&E? Um, how about it being bigger? You can't really argue with that. Bigger A&E, perhaps, more staff. Uh, perhaps also maybe trying to look at making sure that everybody that actually goes to the A&E itself is the correct option for them. But anyway, perhaps that's for another day. But the Echo is saying this morning on their front page that there will be an extension, a significant extension to the ED department um, because Cork City Council have approved the plans uh, which were upheld by on board Planol. It was a the plan actually is for a two-story extension to the existing emergency department. 
and a new plant room on the roof and things like that. So, so hopefully, if and when that happens, it will make a difference and that the difference in itself would be positive. But, um, I mean, who'd, who'd buy newspapers, to be honest with you? I mean, like, okay, they report the news, I get that, but all too often, it's just so... It's so depressing. You look at 7,000 learner drivers on waiting lists to undergo their driving tests in the three Cork test centres that were looked at. Some people eight months waiting before they get their uh, their actual test and it totals over 7,000. Look at Wilton, for example, according to the Echo today. Uh, candidates have been given dates no earlier than the 17th of June next year for their appointments. I don't know. What would solve that? I mean, privatising it? I don't know. What would speed it up so really efficient and fast? One thing that is efficient and fast is the payout of, of extra benefits this side of Christmas. And the Mirror says this morning there will be hundreds of thousands of people this week receiving payments under the first tranche of, uh, you know, the cost of living support payments that were announced in the budget. It's been happening for a few years now. You're going to look at maybe three three payments um, which will total 230 million due to be paid out. Um, you're looking at a 300 euro fuel allowance for 409,000 householders. You're looking at the 400 euro disability support grant to be paid out. And then on Thursday, the 400 euro lump sum for working family payments, which will be paid out to um, tens of thousands of others. So it's a big uh, ball of cash. It's like 230 million extra. And people will have that extra money in their pockets trying to ease the pressure uh, of, uh, you know, that, that households are feeling at the moment. That's the story making the mirror today. Um, on top of the fact that, of course, there's also uh, some extra payments with regards to trying to uh, look after electricity and gas, well, certainly electricity costs. Um, but then, you know, because of lack of staff, we apparently have the care beds uh, for children uh, in need of them, vulnerable children who are being care- uh, uh, should be, uh, but are not being cared for by the state, more, I suppose you could say, failed by the state, really. It's a front pager in The Independent this morning saying that the care beds are lying empty because they haven't got enough staff, certainly within Tusla and social workers. Uh, but we, we still have, indeed, more people still coming into the country, even though, unfortunately, the systems are creaking and cracking and hold beneath the waterline. So the Mail this morning uh, says that um, this proposed reduction in entitlements to Ukrainian refugees to get us in line with many other European countries, that's not going to happen. Well, it will happen, but it constantly gets pushed back. And they're saying it's not ready. It won't be ready for several weeks more. In Irish political terms, that probably means, you know, an awful lot more than several weeks more. But the Mail uh, says this morning that the amount of Ukrainian refugees continuing to come into Ireland and come into the state is averaging somewhere between five and 800 uh, every week. But then we, of course, are losing uh, the Garda Shikana in their droves. And the Mail this morning says that Drew Harris has appointed a psychologist to examine why so many Gardaí are leaving the force. I don't think you need a psychologist to tell you that, Garda Commissioner. Just ask the guards themselves and they'll tell you the reasons why. There's a couple of interesting ones in regards to driving. You might have seen that post that's gone up on social media of the Gardaí in Meath who were on patrol over the weekend, they spotted something quite peculiar. There was a tax disc on a parked car and um, it was a handwritten tax disc, right? It had 09-23 written in by hand. It had the amount for the tax for the year at €710 written in by hand. (laughs) It had other things crossed out and was pushed into the dash. I don't know. I don't know how to look at this. Is this someone desperately trying to be able to drive but not being able to afford a tax disc or is just someone having a laugh but another one that you think might be having a laugh did you know that apparently 
you have a choice if you have penalty points not to take the penalty points but to take a suspension from driving instead I haven't got much time to go into this in a whole lot of detail it's quite legal but there is a loophole um, and it's legal uh, and it's being used by some solicitors and drivers where did you know that some drivers um, have been permitted to select a day of disqualification instead of taking penalty points and what they're doing is they're, 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 they're taking Sunday as their day of disqualification because they don't need it for work and they don't drive. So they're using some kind of a loophole to circumvent penalty points by taking a, disquali- by taking a suspended driving um, option instead and using a Sunday to be the day not driving. I mean, it's absolutely bizarre. But then there was a fellow who was, was stopped. He was on a horse and cart, right? He was going down to buy cigarettes. This is in County Donegal. But he was drunk. So he was drunk on a horse and cart going to buy fags and he was fined €250 Euro at uh, Letterkenny District Court. He was like three and a half times over uh, the, uh, the drink driving limit and I suppose the drink driving limit also covers a horse and cart. It's not a funny story. Anything could happen. And of course, I, I don't think people should have a pint or one drink and drive. I think there's no real benefit in just having a drink and driving. And if you want to have a drink, you know, go and have a couple of drinks for yourself and get a taxi or a bus or a designated driver. Really, without me wanting to be all preachy about it. It's probably better, I believe anyway, to have no alcohol at all. We're heading into Black Friday, this coming Friday, and I don't mean to burst anybody's balloons, but I'll be having a closer look at Black Friday over the coming days, and again a little later this morning. But can I just say that which magazine is saying, and not for the first year, which magazine is saying that only 2% of Black Friday bargains are actually real, as in deals. So they should, uh, you should be taking Black Friday offers with a pinch of salt because only one in 50 is a genuine bargain. I'll say no more about that now, but I will be coming back to it because they give examples of it. Uh, and I also want to talk a little bit about the products that we buy and the promises that are being made by those that are selling to them, that are selling them to us that don't always stack up, particularly when it comes to things like dishwashers and tumble dryers. So more on that. I've seen the new Tato ad. I love it. It's very, very visual um, and it doesn't have any spoken words in it. So it's pointless me playing it for you. But it's very professionally done. And it's all Santa Claus himself having a bit of a rest at the fire. He goes off for a snooze and when he wakes up, he sees um, snow uh, footprints across his floor and under the tree, a big box of cheese and onion. I mean, wouldn't that make the greatest Christmas gift? A 24 box of cheese and onion. And if you, I won't go into the science behind it, but the um, English Times this morning is saying one glass of red wine can give you a sore head and you get a worse hangover with red wine than you do white wine. It's usually the second bottle, as they say. It always was with me anyway. Um, So scientists have apparently finally solved the century-old mystery uh, why some of, of, of people who suffer a splitting headache after drinking only a small beat, small drink, maybe a glass, perhaps a glass and a half, of red wine. Well, that wouldn't happen with white wine. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not going to go into the science behind it because it's way too technical, but apparently they've proved you get a worse hangover and you get a worse headache from white, red wine as opposed to white wine. Ryan Tuberty is quoted in the papers this morning that he's thinking that he will write a memoir about the controversy that destroyed his career at RTE. It's a hint that he might, he might write a tell-all book. That one would fly off the shelves, wouldn't it? And Simon Cowell, it's easy for him, a multi-millionaire 
there telling people don't bother working on a Friday. We posted this online uh, yesterday. Got some very quirky responses from you guys. But apparently Simon has come out and said, eat dinner at five o'clock. Don't take calls after half past five. Don't re- don't eat re- don't read emails after half past five. Watch happy movies and stay outside. It's easy for him to say stay outside. He's probably living in the Bahamas. Uh, but don't work Fridays. I think many people would love to take that box. But anyway, your thoughts on that are welcome. And finally, do you remember? And I remember this vaguely from back in the day. It was the lotto of January 2022 where a professional gambler bought 45,000 winning lotto tickets for Ireland's biggest ever lotto jackpot. But no rules were broken. How could rules be broken? You can buy as many lotto tickets as you want. I don't know how much this person actually bought, but apparently 45,000 of them were winning tickets, as in there was some money on it. So when you cum up everything, the 45,000 winning lotto tickets that this one person bought, this individual won €425,813. How much did it cost to buy all of the tickets? €180,000. So a fairly big win. Now, the only downside to it is that the lotto said that this individual would have had to bought the tens of thousands of tickets by visiting a large quantity of different retailers. It's not as if you could go online and click a button and purchase on a website or from the lotto website or whatever, 45,000 tickets. You actually would have had to go, you know, from one to the next or, or else had lots of people doing it. But I think it's a fascinating story that by buying and getting 45 winning tickets and spending on that, 180,000, it resulted in... Oh, nearly tripling uh, their money. His, hers, or theirs, 425,813. So that's a fascinating story. Uh, I think there's been other ones like that in the past. Um, I might come back to it in the next day or two. People who have actually managed to win by trying to manipulate national or international lotteries. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Barry Rhodes, Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times, joined me because he was in court yesterday when uh, John Paul Carey was uh, sentenced to nine and a half years at yesterday's sitting of the Cork Circuit Criminal Court on charges relating to an incident back in March of 2022 when he threw a corrosive liquid into the face of Francis Costello, Barry Roach joins me by phone. Barry, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm good, thank you. Um, John Paul Carey, age 35, actually threw caustic soda into Francis Costello's face. His brothers came to his assistance and they got they got splashed as well. Did John Paul Carey plead ahead of this? Yeah, he pleaded guilty earlier uh, to, to, to the uh, section for assault, assault causing serious harm to uh, Francis Costello at their home at Conley, uh, Francis Costello's home at Conley Road in Bannockyhan uh, on the 4th of March 2022 and we heard the background to the case uh, Detective Inspector Jason Lynch Oakland, the circumstances of three assaults because uh, Francis Costello's brother John was also injured and his brother Roy not as seriously uh, but he said that Francis Costello answered the door uh, there was a knock on the door about 8.20 he answered the door where he was next to John Paul Carey they were known to each other because uh, John Paul Carey was now residing with Francis Costello's former partner there was a brief discussion about a phone call the night before and before he got a chance to answer Mr Carey liquid was thrown in his face he fell to the floor with severe pain was screaming and then John Paul Carey started to kick and punch him and on hearing the screams Roy and John his brothers came 
came out to his assistance, they immediately recognised uh, John Paul Carey and they too were dosed with the liquid. It caused severe burning and agony. John suffered chemical burns to his face. Roy had burns to his arms and hands. And then uh, Carey fed the scene. I gather you were talking Francis, so he'll tell you what horrific injuries he yes. suffered himself. But uh, John Costello ended up with 90% vision in one eye, 80% in the other. Uh, Francis would tell you oh, to give up his job in retail and Sean Costello to give up his job in security and Roy Costello he suffered burns as I say to his arms and hands they had healed because he left a scarring and they'd had obviously the huge traumatic effect on, on the entire family Gardy mm-hmm. found a bottle an empty bottle of drain tin on her boy and when it was sent to Forensic Science Ireland for analysis it was found to contain sodium hydroxide or co- caustic soda which is used on block drains. And then on block drains, as we said. Yeah, that's where, yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah, on block train. drains, yeah. yeah. So they called to, to Gary to ask what it was, but he refused to, to, to tell them. He already called to Tampa Gary that night and refused to engage with them. His only inquiry was, if they'd seen Francis Costello, was he still a handsome man? Okay, this this isn't a great phone line, Barry. My my apologies. Is there any chance you could maybe move around a little bit? Because it's important to hear what you have to say. You, you say you were making the point there when Gardy called. Um, Carey said, "Is uh, Francis Costello still a handsome man?" Still a handsome man, and. Uh, he was later arrested in question, but he replied no comment to most of the questions. Um, Detective Inspector Lynch said Kerry had a total of 99 previous convictions, including one for possession of heroin for sale of supply, and the most recent one was for armed robbery post office in Middle Island in February 2020. And he committed uh, this offence, the attack on, on the Costellos, when he was under a period of suspension from that sentence. Donald Sullivan, the prosecution barrister, said the DPP's view was of that the assault was at the higher range of Section 4 assaults, and he believed the appropriate sentence was 10 to 15 years. Defence barrister Elizabeth O'Connell, she submitted that Kerry he'd consumed alcohol in the night, but by pleading guilty, she said he had spared his victims the trauma of having to give evidence, and she also urged the court to take into account his own difficult upbringing and the family tragedy in his own life. Um, judge James McCourt was the judge who heard it, and he said he agreed with the DPP's view that the assault on Francis Costello was at the upper end of the scale, and he believed Kerry had a high level of culpability, and he fully accepted his actions had resulted in great harm to Francis Costello with life-changing consequences. He said, I've listened to the harrowing evidence of Francis Costello, who bravely read out his victim impact statement into the record for all to hear, and he described the assault and breaching the fact that it happened in Costello's home to something of his own. He said it was a cowardly, premeditated and planned. It was noted that he was uncooperative with Gardaí when they called to try and find out what substance was. Again, uh, noting the comment he made was whether Francis Costello was still a handsome yeah, man. Yeah, okay. That was another aggravating factor. And then he said, I know you put a letter of apology and that is with some help. Nothing can help. Okay, okay. My, my, my apologies, Barry, but um, I, I, I'm assuming it's the same for everybody else, but I'm having an awful lot of difficulty um, understanding what is a very, very important court report. Um, I, I know you were talking about the judge at that point saying, I know you have written a letter of apology and that is some help, but nothing can put Mr. Costello back to where he was before this senseless attack. Um, Kerry's remorse as well as his guilty plea, uh, which saved his victims from giving evidence. Uh, but the judge then said that the appropriate sentence uh, was 10 years, but he'd suspend the final six months um, to incentivize rehabilitation. Uh, so he got nine and a half years. And of course, uh, Barry did reference the man who was attacked, as well as his two brothers who came to his aid, John and Roy. Uh, but Francis Costello um, suffered awful, awful injuries and went through horrific pain. And he joins me by phone. Francis, good morning. Morning. I'd say yesterday was a tough, tough day for you. Was it a tough day reliving all of that? 
It was needed to be fair. Um, but you know, I've been through a lot of days like that yeah. this year. Yeah. You know, through attending High Court in Dublin and Cork and giving evidence and bail applications to prevent him from getting out. You know, um, so yesterday was just one another one of those days. Know. You know. Three very brave brothers, the three of you, yourself, John and Roy. What was it like seeing him again yesterday, Kerry? Um, as I said, like I'm after seeing him numerous times um, through video link, mostly um, at bail applications. Um, but just to see him there yesterday in person um, and like, I suppose that comment that he made about me was the first time that came to light. Oh, the one about um, is Francis still a handsome man? Yeah, you know, so that was the first time I actually heard that comment because normally at bail applications, they, out, they, out, they outline the facts of the case yeah, yeah. when he's going for bail, but yeah. it was the first time I heard that comment, you know, and and to be honest with you, like, it enraged me, yeah. but it didn't surprise me either, like, that something like that would come out of his yeah. mouth. What do you what do you recall of that night, March fourth, twenty twenty two? Knock on the door, ring on the bell, you opened it. Yeah, so I was sitting in my front room with my two brothers, and we were watching the dance, and um, the doorbell went, and I I opened the door, and and and, and to my to my surprise, like I seen him standing in front of me, you know, um, and I, I I was kind of taken back, really, like. Um, because I wasn't expecting him to be standing at my front door. You know. Did you see, did you notice what you thought was a bottle of water in his hand or something? I've no I noticed the bottle in his hand, but I couldn't actually describe what the bottle was really. Like you know, I just know that he had a bottle in his hand. You know. So this happened really quickly. There wasn't a whole lot of time between opening the door and him splashing the caustic soda on your face. Was it? It was instantaneous. No. I reckon when I opened the door, it happened within three or four seconds. Yeah, so you were caught, seriously caught off guard there. No time to protect yourself or to react even to seeing him at the door. Um, you, you went into quite some detail yesterday and indeed in your impact statement um, of the pain involved. There's the initial pain, but because it's caustic soda, almost like an acid, the pain gets worse and worse and worse as it digs into your skin. Mm, that's correct, Neil. I am... Um that's what I said, like, you know, the the pain that I went through that night, like, you know, like, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. And, like, I, if I had to relive that again, I'd rather be killed instantly. It was, it was so cowardly then, even worse, because when you went down with the horrific pain and the burning, he started to kick you and thump you on the ground. That's right, Neil. He's, um... Like when 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 I was blinded and I couldn't see and I was in horrific pain, he danced to me when I was on the ground, you know, um, continuously sighed to me for a few seconds more, you know, um, and it was just it was just like it was just like an out of body experience, really. Like I, I it's hard to put into words, you know, what I really was. Your victim feeling. impact statement was very powerful, though. So so therefore, obviously, an awful lot of commotion going on in the hall, which John and Roy heard. Um, they came to your aid. Much of what they, much of what we know, they would have had to tell you what happened. What did they say happened? Um, like to be honest with you, like one of my brothers told me when he came out, like he just seen 
you know, him standing over me, like, and assaulting me on the ground, like, you know, and then I just, my other brother was saying he came out and then he was, it was torn in his face, you know, and I, while I was on the ground, in an awful lot of pain myself, I remember one of my brothers screaming in pain then, and I, I, I don't know, I just sensed like that he was after getting the chemical thrown at him as well, you know. So all three of you had the chemical thrown at you? and landed yeah. on different parts of the body. Now, I know emergency services got to the scene fast. This would have been paramedics and the fire service. Um, and you were being treated at, at the scene, being like hosed down with some, was it water or some kind of a spray or something? Well, what I was mean is that, like, you know, as I said, I don't remember much what was happening yeah. around me, but I, I know it was chaotic, you know, um, yeah. and I suppose, like, the fire service treated us first, then they were spraying cold and spraying on our heads every couple of minutes, and and then they had to take our clothes off us and hose us down um, in tents, to make sure there was no chemical left in our body before we got into the ambulance, you know. Yeah. Of course, way before that, uh, Kerry, having done what he had done, just legged it, ran away, left the scene and what have you. Um, um, yeah, he, 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 like, he, like, there was no one arrested at the scene. Yeah. I know, um, I know, I know. But while, while I was being treated, as much pain as I was in and I couldn't see, I showed out his name and his address and I said, go up and get him now. Yeah, yeah. Now, there was an awful lot of treatment for all three of you, but no disrespect to John and Roy. They went through their own battles and pain. But the devastating consequences for you led to the loss of an eye. Wasn't that right? Yeah, it led to the loss of an, loss of an eye and I had to get plastic surgery on the side of my head. Um you know, and get all the wounds cleaned, you know, after I got out of something from my hospital, after two weeks I had to go back into the sewer head um, to get surgery just to clean all the wounds in my head. And um, with that, you know, like my body was under a lot of stress and depression throughout the following months, I developed a hernia and a gallbladder problem and I had to get two surgeries as well on them in December and February this year, you know. Um. Um, you 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 went through the horrors. You really did. This is very 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 life changing in more ways than one. Because all of a sudden, then you're you're trying to recover from this. Um, you're no work. You 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 lost your job. You couldn't you couldn't work obviously because of the debilitating injuries. Um, they had hoped to save the eye, but there was too much chemical damage to the socket, so they had to operate and and, and remove it. Is that right? That's right. That happened at the end of September, October. Um, you know, my my eye consultant, Miss Sarah Moore, and like I couldn't speak highly enough about her. Um, she tried everything, you know, on her capability to actually, you know, try and get the pressure going in the eye again and different procedures. But unfortunately, to no avail. Um, I had to get it removed in September, and I suppose I know, I know, like. The first time I looked in the mirror, I was a very sick guy. I did believe like that, like there was no hope for it. But you know, my consultant tried her most best to actually save it. And I suppose when it was confirmed, then I suppose in late summer last year um, that I would have to get the eye removed. I suppose it was a huge grieving process in that. You know. Was it a difficult thing to look in the mirror for the for the for the first time? Most definitely, Neil. I, 
like I I be a fellow that will be always cleanly shaved and you know, but I suppose like while I was in the something from my for the two weeks, um, you know, like I, I I just couldn't bear looking in the mirror really, like and you know, I left myself go for a few days, a good few days, like you know, before I was able to shave, like you know, and I remember one of the nurses actually helped me have my first shave, you know. So psychologically, you were very, very down, were you? Obviously, you must have been. Must have been very dark yeah. to him. It was horrific, Neil. It, um, I remember, like, just lying in the hospital bed, like, and the nurse would come in to take my abs, and I just break down crying. And you know, um, I was lucky enough there was kind of a counsellor in the hospital as well at the time. You know, that kind of talks to people like that need, you know, that, that like that, like. I suppose have been through trauma, yeah. you know, I forget his name now, mm-hmm. but he was calling to me once a day as well and just have a small chat and the nurses in the ophthalmology ward and so from the Victoria Hospital. I couldn't speak highly enough about him, like the care they gave me for the two weeks that I was there, you know, applying yeah. cream to my face and the hour every hour polysporin cream and and um I think like, you know, like my face would have never healed to what it is today. And yet, and yet, yeah, care is incredible. You went to great lengths to thank everybody who came to your help and worked with you over the space of the time afterwards. But in spite of everything that you went through, you're still thinking about others. You are thinking, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, John and Roy. You were saying, thankfully, your dad wasn't at home. I think he'd, he'd gone for his couple of pints. If he, you know, if he had been there, God only knows there could have been another. Um, victim, um, and you also make the point that um, thank God your mum, who you love dearly, uh, wasn't around to see what her son went through. Isn't that right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Neil, um, I lost my mother coming up to five years in January, and um, I suppose you know, like, look, she was ill for a couple of years, and like you know, I no doubt like to witness something like this would have actually wiped her out, like you know, and. Um, she was a very brave woman, very strong woman, very resilient, and um, I believe that I got my resilience from my mother, you know, my inner strength, you know, um, through a lot of counselling and psychotherapy and mentoring and, you know, victim after crime services, all these kind of supports, like, along the way, like, has kind of, um, I suppose, you know, put me in a position today where I'm able to speak about my own lived experience and mm. I hope to have an impact on someone else out there that's suffering and I was a victim of a horrible crime like that and you know that there is support there like you know um, and there is a way through it like you know um, Did Kerry issue an apology? He did mean he issued an apology it was about five lines six lines and um you know, look, I have to challenge that letter of apology because, um, one, it came too late for me. Um, and also, in that letter, he he outlined that it was a moment of madness, um, which I don't believe it was a moment of madness. It was premeditated. Mm. So you, you clearly don't accept the apology. You would reject an apology like that, Um what do you make of the sentence? Uh, ten years, six months suspended. 
Like, to be honest with you, Neil, like, no matter how, no matter what sentence was handed down to him yesterday, it was never going to be long enough for me. Um, I has no bearing on my life. My life was changed forever, permanently, and my family's eyes were changed. Um, you know, it, it, like, I suppose the truth is more important than the sentence for me, like, you know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, the fact that, okay, um, there is um, a guilty verdict. He will go back to jail, which incidentally, you know, this isn't anything for you to comment on, but he's got a fair bit of previous, 99 previous convictions, including one for possessing 50 grand's worth of heroin, uh, one for armed robbery of a post office, um, uh, and he committed that offence while he was on a suspended portion uh, of that sentence. Um, You... Are you back at work now? Um, is is that working out for you, or where are you at? Um, no, Neil. Unfortunately, like you know, yesterday was closure around the legal aspect of my journey. Like I still have a lot of medical issues um, that I have to attend to. Um, you know, I have to go for surgery in Dublin and the New Year um, to try and make room for a prosthetic eye because there's no room because the extensive tissue and scar and damage done to the soccer. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing, though, if they could do that? That would be terrific, wouldn't it? Be great for um, your self-esteem, anyway. I think. Well, my confidence, yeah, definitely. Like you know, and I suppose look, I walk in retail and you know, dealing with the public. I suppose you know, uh, like I, I, I'm not too happy about my own appearance at the moment. Like you know, so but, um, yeah, I know. But that's it's more, so, it's most definitely something that I would like to get back to work someday. You know, um, I walk, I walk with great people. Like you know, and the support from my job, like from management to colleagues. thanking people in spite of the struggles that you're going through yourself um, is there any pain now or is that being managed um, no um, I, I, I have no pain now at the moment you know I was on an awful lot of morphine throughout the air and stuff um, but today thank God like, you know, I don't have any pain relief um, you know I suppose the only pain I have today is my mental and emotional I know. pain I thought you were going to say that yeah mental and emotional and hopefully hopefully um, you know, over the course of time, um, you'll come to terms with it and and move on and try and live on your life as best you can. You know, and that's it today. Like I suppose it's about rebuilding my life now, and you know, um, you know, and and just trying to build a life for myself again, like a new chapter in my life, like going forward now today. You know. Okay. Good luck to you with that, Francie. To you and your brothers and the rest of the family. Look after yourself. Lovely talking to you. A very brave guy. Very likeable fella, Francis uh, Costello. Now, um, there has a GoFundMe. There's a GoFundMe been set up because um, there's no compensation. There is no compensation given in this case at all. There is um, a, a guilty plea um, and there is a sentence. Uh, but as to the rest and the other aspects of Francis Costello's life, He's lost his job. He's gone through the horrors with regards to the injury, the injuries, and there were multiple, his brothers as well, and indeed a lengthy recovery, and he's far from finished. So his brothers, apparently, Roy, and one of his brothers, Roy, has set up a GoFundMe. I'm reading it from the Echo this morning. He set up a GoFundMe account to raise funds for Francis's travel, his living, and his medical expenses as he prepares for surgery early next year, which would allow him to... uh, be fitted with that prosthetic eye um, and it's a shame really that they have to do that but that's life lads that's life sometimes you're left to paddle your own canoe after um, an horrific attack like that so if you think that you might be in a position to um, contribute 
uh, to GoFundMe, then it's a GoFundMe page and you're looking for Corkman jailed cowardly chemical. Uh, actually, I just I just need the, um, the, the the correct title for the GoFundMe, if you don't mind. And as soon as I have that after the break, I'll give it to you. So come back after the... This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. What Kerry did was beyond evil, wasn't it? Uh, to knock at a door, a door open, somebody unprepared for what's coming next and have a bottle of acid that he would throw in the face of uh, uh, not just one, but three different brothers. So that GoFundMe is up and it's only just recently gone up. It's a GoFundMe and you will find it on GoFundMe by searching Raising Money for Victim of Acid Attack. That is actually the accurate wording. Raising Money for Victim of acid attack and it's put up by Francis's brother Roy if you think you're in a position to uh, contribute that would be a wonderful thing um, and uh, much of this money of course needed just for day to day living expenses because he's very much left out of pocket there is no compensation uh, this is not a civil case it was a criminal one so that's the GoFundMe page should you wish to help raising money for victim of acid attack text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 0818 uh, 104106 talking about acts of kindness and Francis showed a lot of acts of kindness there in my conversation with him to all of the paramedics and the ambulance and everybody in the different hospitals and all of the different people who helped him on his journey and indeed his brothers and, and things like that. And so even in pain and suffering, he is still uh, thinking of others. Lovely one here, though, from Mary. She says, I was in McDonald's. This is a love. I can just see this in my mind's eye, incidentally. I was in McDonald's in Blackpool Shopping Centre yesterday when I observed a gentleman, as they thought, putting leftovers in a bin in the wall at McDonald's. But what he was actually doing, Neil, was rummaging for discarded food. A staff member approached him and gave him a bag of McDonald's food in it, which he took down to a quiet corner and he ate quietly. Another staff member, who was brushing the ground area, asked him, did he want some water, which he accepted gladly. Then she asked him, did he want some apple pie, which he declined. It took me a few minutes to register what was happening and I doubt if anybody else noticed because it was so discreetly, uh, discreetly and respectfully done. Uh, when the man had left, I complimented the girl and she seemed surprised that I even noticed and she said uh, she cleared it with her manager first. I told her that the whole establishment was a credit to humanity. McDonald's in Blackpool. I'd appreciate if you got an opportunity to mention it and give them a shout out. McDonald's in Blackpool for what they did yesterday for that man. Thank you, Mary. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. I mean, we're heading into a time of giving, isn't it, with regards to Christmas? But maybe we should all be giving all year round. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time you find that people do that kind of a thing, in this case, McDonald's, um, and they don't do it for any kind of recognition or to be noticed. They just do it because it's the right thing to do. So well done to everybody at uh, McDonald's, but particularly to the staff members that helped that poor man. They made all the difference. An interesting one then from uh, another... Unfortunately, it, it didn't work out the same. She said, I'm a single mother of two children. Could we think about this, people in retail, please, so that these things don't happen? I'm a single mother of two children, rearing them totally on my own. I'm also working but every penny I get goes on my children. I asked my children to write out their Santee list. All they wanted was a bike and a go-kart. It's the first time ever they would have got new bikes. So I brought them to Smith's just to look at them so that Santee would know exactly which ones they wanted. Good for you. I, th- I told them to look around the shop to distract them while I asked a staff member and I showed the bikes and there was one left, one that my child picked out, and I asked 
if I pay for it now, could you hold on to it until the following day so that the children wouldn't be with me? But they said no, they couldn't. And said if you do it online, they'll hold the bike all right. I explained that I don't understand how to do it online and I couldn't take the bikes with me now because the children were with me. But they didn't seem to particularly care. I walked out looking at my children knowing I cannot give them the one thing that they looked for from Santi. Thank God it was dark driving home as the tears were dripping down my face over what happened. Uh, maybe you could highlight this on your show to see do these things happen regularly to people because I was very upset. Uh, I'll give you my details, but obviously don't give them out on air. I, I won't give out anybody's personal details, but I don't know. Let me let me say, just call you Mary. I don't know, Mary, in, you know, whether or not it's too late to rectify that. Um, you know, whether there's a, that bike is still available or whether you've seen it somewhere else. Because I really think at this stage we should try and salvage whatever happened. And that could involve giving Smiths a call and seeing if they can help you and make it right because you clearly are upset. You're struggling yourself, a single parent, working, rearing the children. Every penny counts. So do come back to me and let me know if you're if you're not sorted or Santi hasn't got the bike sorted and you would still like it sorted. Uh, I'd love to hear from you if, if you're listening because it's not too late for us to pick up a phone and perhaps see if we can help to sort it out for you. Happy child at Christmas time. Now. Show. Red FM. It is day two of our giveaways in association with Celtic Interiors. 30th anniversary and hosting a big open day at their showrooms this Friday the 24th to celebrate 30 years in business. Bespoke, handmade, great quality kitchens all on display, state-of-the-art showrooms uh, and really and truly every day this week we have some great prizes in the shape of a deluxe hamper and then on Friday €2,000 to be spent by one person um, on uh, anything you like within Celtic uh, Interiors showrooms at St. Patrick's, Wooler Mills and Douglas. So more details on this a little later on. You'll be talking on a topic, 30 seconds to talk on a topic of my choosing. So more on that a little later. We're talking about Black Friday. Uh, more on that throughout the course of the morning. But um, you need to be very, very wary, actually, of the deals that they're talking about. I mentioned it in the uh, newspaper review earlier on this morning where which magazine said Black Friday should be taken with a pinch of salt one in 50 deals is a genuine bargain so which magazine um, they tracked 200 promotions last year at seven major UK retailers and they compared them with six months before and six months after Black Friday, Friday. and they found that 98% of the deals were cheaper are the same price um, at some point outside of Black Friday. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, I don't mean to make it sound too complicated, but they, they looked at Amazon, Argos, Boots, Curry's, John Lewis, and things like that. So in one of the worst examples, Apple AirPods at Argos and Curry's were discounted from 139 to 119 pounds, but they were cheaper than the Black Friday price Every day from May to September, ahead of Black Friday. Like, I mean, how, I mean, we, wouldn't, wouldn't it be brave if they created an app, right, that could track the price of things at all of the supermarkets and the high street stores, where you'd actually see if these were genuine or not? They gave other examples of it, right? They looked at, here's one of them, a Toshiba 50-inch television was cut from £399 to £289 at Argos on Black Friday. But by January, the January after it, it was down to 279. It was even a tenner cheaper in the January sale than the Black Friday sale. They looked at a Samsung sound bar with a subwoofer, 
was dropped in the Black Friday deal from 225 to 215. Um, but in August of the same year, it was cheaper than 215. It was 175. So 175 in August, put up to 225, and then dropped down to 215 for Black Friday. I don't know. Margaret, Musgrave Estate says, you talk about appliances and purchasing appliances that are very technologically advanced. Yes, I have been talking about that by virtue of the fact that I parted with big money to buy two different things. One was an EcoSense dishwasher, which is useless. It's big money. It's one of these silent ones that you don't hear. It's probably the only attribute to this dishwasher is that it's silent. Everything it washes comes out of the dishwasher wet. It's got all of these different dopey set settings. No matter what which one you use, it comes out wet. We also then bought one of these very, very, very eco-friendly, very intelligent tumble dryers. Again, at least twice as dear as the regular ones you buy. An absolute pile of junk. Everything comes out of the tumble dryer wet. And it takes three and a half hours to go through its cycle and things still come out wet. They're absolutely a total waste of money. In my personal opinion, having bought one of each of them, I would love to go back to... Uh, we, have a tum- we have a tumble dryer done in, in Port McGee. It has two settings on it. It's got a dial for time and it's got a button to start. You, can, you, could load the, you could load everything into it, jam it right up, set it for 100 minutes or even a little bit less, and everything comes out bone dry, and I think we got it for change out of 150 bucks. Anyway, Marguerite says, the eco option when purchasing appliances are not always the best option. We purchased what we believed was the most efficient, eco-friendly dryer. You and me both, baby. The model had the latest heat pump techni- tech technology that was meant to heat air and dry your garments efficiently. The salesman told us the warm air would be recirculated and reused in the drying cycle, in addition to using significantly less energy than a standard condenser model. It was also meant to be more gentle on our clothes, like as if clothing can feel pain. Our Bosch and automatically uh, adjusted the drying time to suit the load. So we'll do all of these different things. All of the above cannot be further from the truth, Neil. The clothes still come out damp after three hours being on and the and generally the LED clock stays locked at one minute left to the program even though it continues to dry for an indefinite amount. My advice to people is stick to the tried and tested bog standard dryers. They're cheaper and they work much better in my experience, says Margaret in Muscree Estate. And I have to say, Margaret, I agree with every single word you've said. I wonder, do the salespeople try and sell you these options? Because those appliances are significantly, significantly dearer. Text 0868104106. Calls and texts on the way. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. On my conversation this morning with Francis Costello, and we wish him well, uh, why can't Francis Costello sue the state? Carey was under the provision of a suspended sentence at the time. There is a fund there for that, says Timmy. I'm quite sure that if that is the case, that Francis Costello's legal team will be investigating every avenue. The question really is how someone with 99 previous convictions was still out on the street, the justice system, my arse. Morning Neil, I've known John Paul Carey and Glenn Meyer for a good number of years 
Um, I won't call, I won't read any more of that text, but I'm quite sure you can imagine where that one is going. An acid attack, Neil, in my book, is actually attempted murder. Thank you for those. Keep them coming. Text 0868 104 106. On the chap who, I don't know, was a man or a woman or a group who um, had 45,000 winning lottery tickets. Yes, um, they spent 180 grand on the 45,000 winning lottery tickets and they got 425,000 in prize money. So it was a good deal and a good day done. Or was it? Texter says, 45,000 winning tickets, but they'd have to have bought seven times that, surely. Not all the tickets they bought were winners. Yeah, I mentioned that. You are right. These were the ones that they won on. But they might have, you know, they might have bought 90,000 or 100 or 150,000 tickets to have 45 that actually paid anything out. So good point. Well made. Uh, A lot of response then to um, Ozempic from yesterday. There would appear to be a shortage of Ozempic, such as the demand. Uh, but a lot of texts from our conversations. I'll talk to some more people on it now in a moment. But to be fair, says one's texter, all of these quick fixes are costing the HSE millions between going abroad, um, being butchered, coming back to get fixed here for weight loss, and now injections on top of it. Well, that reference actually is to gastric banding. Uh, Is there no more eating less and moving more philosophy? No one wants to put the work in, it seems, anymore. They want quick fixes. Tell the girl on the air she doesn't have to go to the gym to exercise. Um, if she's 45 or 50 minutes from a gym, there's a, that's a complete cop-out. You can exercise at home, but your child in a buggy and go for a brisk walk. Go to a local GA pitch, exercise there while your child plays. Do online exercise videos on their TV, on your TV. No time for excuses. Morning, why would you inject something into your body if you can get the same effect by going on a ketogenic diet? Look it up, people. Stop injecting this thing. Your body is capable of doing the same thing for you. Quit sugar and lower your carbohydrates. I lost 20 kilos in two months. No gym, nothing, just food. Quit sugar lower your carbs and a final one I lost four stone by eating less and walking more full stop eating less and walking more a simple philosophy let me go back to the phone lines because I didn't get to everybody yesterday and uh, Mike is standing by Breed is standing by first up Evita good morning Good morning, um, how are you? I'm good, and interestingly, uh, a lot of people who are getting the likes of Ozempec don't have type 2 diabetes, but it's being prescribed by their GP for weight loss. But in your case, you were you you what, what it was invented for, a type 2 diabetic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know, and I'm taking it like since maybe one and a half, two years. And it was prescribed because my other medicine didn't work anymore. And I had I used to be on five injections a day. Now I have one a week, which is the Ozempic, and uh, one every night, uh, which is a different one. Okay. And I lost like 25 kilos as well. But, but you weren't put on it for weight loss, though. It was to regulate no. your diabetes. But no. as a consequence no. of, of it, you are losing weight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did, but over a year, not like I, I take one milligram uh, once a week. And I heard a woman saying yesterday that she took three milligram. That's out of the question. You can't do that. Okay. You, you actually damage your body, you know, and if you don't have diabetes, if you put too much of that stuff in, uh, you can get hypos. That means that you are low on sugar. 
And if you don't eat properly with the medicine, then that doesn't work either. So did you go from 105 kilos to 83 kilos in, a, in, a, yeah, in two years? Yeah, I'm actually now uh, the same weight as I was when I was 50, and I'm nearly 70. Okay, okay. And and so, does it does it absolutely take away any hunger pangs? You're you're never actually hungry or what? You do get hungry, and I do eat everything. And I mean, there was a woman yesterday. She said, "Oh, it doesn't make her eat." That's not true. You know, you you eat the same way, but you eat a bit less. But I can eat chocolate and ice cream, and you know, I shouldn't I shouldn't eat it. But sometimes you are stressed, and you you just want an ice cream. That's that's the normal thing. But it doesn't make you not eat. But she, she, she said she said that it turns out it turns off the messaging to the brain that you're hungry. No, no. Okay. Oh well, I'm just I saying that's what she it. said. I still, I still get normal hungry. I have my breakfast, my lunch. I don't eat huge portions, but it doesn't t- turn it off completely. Like she said, she has sometimes only one meal. No, that's not good. It's yeah. not good for your body either. So was and it a case do, that your portion sizes to- were big before? Mine, well, they were a bit bigger, yeah, okay. but okay. not that much. But I think with the medication as okay. well, I put on weight. All right. You know, and now, what about what about the availability of it? Are you running into any roadblocks because there's a shortage? Yeah, I had since since uh, Christmas last year. It was the first time uh, that was when uh, Kardashians started telling it on the internet. Right. We couldn't get we couldn't get the Ozempic. And, were, the, were the Kardashians um, on it then? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, and there was other people in America. And were they type 2 diabetics? I don't know. Okay. And what were they, they saying they were, about they were, it? That, what, tell me they what they were the, saying t- that you lose weight with it. You know? And because they all started buying it, um, the people who actually needed the diabetics couldn't get it. I, I was there for three weeks, couldn't get my, my diabetes medicine. And the chemist said, maybe you should go on something else. But I rang my team in Bentry and they said, no way, you can't. You know? So have you ever run out? Well, I had to wait the three weeks till. Till I got it back. Okay. So would you, you know, do, you, do you have a message for people who aren't type 2 diabetics and getting these this this wonder drug that is a life changer for weight loss? I think they should find out first what it does after they stop it. You know, and what it does to their body. Like the you can get very sick with it. And it is not good when you don't eat, you get more sick. You know, you can't stop eating and taking the medicine. I mean, as I said, I had a few hypos and I do eat. You know, and they come on in the middle of the night and that's that's under sugar. Like where my sugar levels was instead of 7, it's normal, 5.5 to 7. I had a 2.9, which is nearly coma. You know? Yeah, okay. And that's what, it's very dangerous. And if they are living alone, how do they get? I mean, I had it. It's like a tunnel vision. You you start shaking all over, and you have to have leucosate. Like I have to have leucosate next to it. I don't know if it is the same with a healthy person who takes it, 
but it will damage your, your insight. Yeah, no, I spoke to some people yesterday who did have pretty catastrophic yeah, side effects. Okay, thank you for that, Tavita. Appreciate it. I've uh, heard of horrific side effects from this injection as a weight loss aid. It really doesn't help with the psychology of weight loss and it doesn't help the patient understand why they overeat, which I got support with and lost six stone in Slimming World in Frankfield. It changed my eating habits forever. I've been on target since for over eight years. Uh, one more. Whatever happens to exercise and cutting down food for losing weight? What happens when you stop taking the injections? Is it a case that the weight goes back on? Well, I suppose the weight will go back on if you go back to your other probably unhealthy eating habits. Back to the phone lines. Brida, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. And another person for whom Ozempic was actually invented, a type 2 a diabetic yourself as well. I am, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been type two diabetic since 2015, and it was my dietitian. I was going to my dietitian regularly, and she mentioned because my weight kept going up. I think at one stage I was nearly 30 stone. Okay, that's big. Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, at the worst, I've tried everything. I've been to Slimming World. I've done everything I can think of. And did any of that? Everything. Did any of that work? It did for a bit. Um, the counselling kind of helped me understand why I was overeating and stuff like that. And then I got, as I said, I got diabetes. I had other problems, I had um, thyroid problems. That was the first thing. And then the diabetes came on a couple of years but after. The di- di- type 2 diabetes was a consequence of your overeating and your weight gain? Yes, okay. I, I think so, yeah. And yeah, what do you describe I, yourself? I, you describe yourself as an emotional eater. What, what, what do you mean by that? Emotionally, if I'm happy, sad, or anything, I would just binge on food all the time. Um, I was, I just wasn't going out. I wasn't social. I wasn't doing anything I can do. I was, I was felt embarrassed for my family, for my friends that they were around me. Like if I was going for a meal or if I was going out with my friends, I'd have to make sure where we were going. If the seats could hold me up, if I didn't, where the toilets were, were they near? Stuff like that. Wow, that's difficult, isn't it? That's a tough life to be living. Yeah, it, it was. It was like I had to plan everything. Like if I was going um, food shopping, like I was, I I had an awful pain in my back. I had pain in my legs. I was sweating. By the time I got to the till, I was sweating. I felt awful. I thought I would just pass out. I couldn't wait to get home. Then I was. It was a chore. But now I've lost nearly five stone. So, so when you were in, when you were well done. So you were in when you were in that state of mind. Then uh, you would turn to food even more. Yes. Yeah. And I'd isolate myself off. I would get takeaways. I would do anything. I've tried everything. It just. I just. I. I. I I've tried. I was going to go for. I was trying to go for. Um. Sorry. Treatment. Um, like bariatric surgery or something, is it? I was going for that. Yeah, I, I, that was my la- my last shot. Like if I would, if it didn't work, but it was, it was a long waiting list. Everything. Um, I was actually going for um, treatment, like into rehab. I I didn't know. I was just thinking of anything I could possibly think of. To, it's very easy to, for people, you know, to be listening to somebody who's 30, 30 stone and their life is in turmoil and say eat less, drink more water, get a bit of exercise. It's, sometimes it's not that simple. No, it's not that simple. No, I, I was I was actually working. I had my own business. I was self-employed for years. But I just think I had a... I, I just 
after a couple of years I had a mental I just not a mental breakdown but I just had a breakdown and I couldn't handle anything anymore and I just I lost my brother as well and you know I just I was emotionally just a wreck it became a comfort for you yeah food became a comfort it became your get away from it all zone and before you knew it it was piling on Um, so you now have lost uh, as you say five stone in what period in what period of time what period of time Um, I'm on the Olympic since um, I think April I'm over a year since this April I'm over a year okay so yeah a year and a half any side effects yeah um, I, I when I started first, uh, like I had the nausea, like the the, the callers were saying, and I actually had this weird, um, like if you belched, it was an awful taste in your mouth and it was disgusting for a while. But that's gone now. Like I don't have that anymore. But that was the only nasty side effects I had was it like. Okay, so it's had some positive impacts as well in the sense that clearly people are noticing the weight loss. Yes, yeah, That's I, nice. I, I know. I, 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 it is, yeah. Um, nice to like, get a compliment. It is, yeah. It is lovely. Like my, my few of my people have said, "Oh, you're looking great." Do you know, I mean, there was nothing wrong with you before, like, but you can tell you're more happier and more. You know, you're enjoying things more. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't worry about going out. Like, I don't worry if I have to go out with my friends or my partner or anything. Yeah, I'm not worried about yeah. like who's staring at me or where am I going or and I suppose in the depths of your emotional eating you wouldn't be talking to me on the air no I would never done it I would have never done this no I would listen to love I listened to your listeners callers talking about it and I would have never done this okay good for you and do you have do you have a target I yeah my dietitian asked me did I want if I lost if I lost just this much would I be would I be happy? And I don't know. Like, I, I probably, I don't have an actual number in my head, but I suppose if I was down another bit, like, I mean, I I couldn't walk or anything. I could, if I went for a shower, I was I was wrecked. I couldn't move. I was just, I couldn't even do housework properly. Do you out know of what breath, I mean? I yeah. Imagine the pressure yeah, and the stress on your heart, yeah. Trying to pump all yeah. that air and oxygen. And I knew my family were worried about me, but they would never say it to me. But I, I knew my my parents were worried about me and my brothers. Yeah, you know, no, you I knew sound they were good worried now, about girl. me. You like. sound good now. You sound good. Um, would, you, would you worry at all because of the huge interest in the likes of Ozempic that there might be a shortage that might mean that you'll struggle to get it? I have struggled to get it for the last, I don't know how many months, I think it was it seven or six, six or seven months, I couldn't get it. Um, I was on, I, they replaced me on through Italy, it's another one, but I did not find that good, it didn't work for me at all. I was, I had loads of food cravings on it, I just, weird stuff like yeah. it a packet yeah. of fig rolls, a packet of buns. I normally wouldn't eat biscuits, like, but it was just, just the way it was, like. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, um, you know, it's, it's, it has as much to do with the fact now that it's not just being used for type 2 diabetics, but prescribed by GPs for people for weight loss. Um, do you have, have your thoughts on that? Um, look, I understand, like, people need, like, I, I, I never heard of it before, and so it was my dietitian that taught me about it and uh, wrote to my doctor and taught me about, uh, told him about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known about it. Mm-hmm. But do you, think that it, do you think that it's fair on type 2 diabetics that others are using it because of the Kardashians? 
Well, I suppose not. not I, do, I don't think it's very fair. No, okay. I don't because because if I'm finding it like really tough, I'm only I only got it this month now and next month, and I mightn't get it at all. Uh, the month after that. I know, I know so, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Fingers crossed. Who knows what the new year will bring? Anyway, do stay in touch with regards to your journey, Breed. A lovely chatting with you. Thank you so much. Now, talk also to Mike Crowley, who is another type two diabetic, um, and also um, actually, I think he was to pick up on, on issues regarding how people dose on it. Is that right, Mike? Yeah. Good morning, Neil. Yeah, there are. Yeah, different, uh, yeah diabetic now. La- yeah, I've been diabetic for the last six years now, and the first four years was a real battle for me, diet and exercise. But I could never get to where I needed to get. So my GP introduced me to Ozempic. And was it weight? Pre- was it weight issues? No, 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 not weight. Just sugars, blood sugars uh, to get it under control. Okay. Uh, so my GP introduced me to Ozempic, and I started on the lower doses, which is not point two five. Uh, eventually, I ramped up into the one one mil, and that was detrimental to me. Really, it was very aggressive on the body. It didn't agree with me at all. You had lots of side so, effects. Did you read out the yeah, list? Yeah, absolutely, list? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so went back to my GP. We after a lot of uh, discussion, and I went back to the nine point two five, and I'm on that now to last maybe six seven months, and it's brilliant for me. Okay. No well, side effects. Yeah. It works. Now it will take you longer to get where you need to get, but it's not as aggressive on the body, and it works for me perfectly. So what happens when the blood sugars are all over the place? Do you Suddenly, could you collapse? Could you faint? No, 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 no. I don't have that problem. No, but could one? Is that is that a result uh, of it? It depends if it gets to that level, but that's really, really extreme case. Uh, I don't have anything like that. I'm just on meds. For, I was just on meds for uh, type 2, and then they weren't able to get me where I needed to get, so we introduced the Ozempic, and it's a wonderful drug, really. Okay. Why would I, 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 I remember a pal years ago. He was often in his car, and he'd have... There could be six or eight half full or empty bottles of leucosate strewn all over the car why would, why would that be? That's type 1 that's type one. That's a type 1 diabetic it's different to type 2 Right Totally different yeah okay. uh, You okay. don't get high pause with type 2 or anything like that uh, so like I would recommend anybody to go on the Ozempic but I would say consider staying on the lower dosage it will work for you it might take a bit longer to get there but it's much much easier on the system Ok good man just, just before uh, I let you go did it change your eating habits or your hunger Absolutely pack? It did. Uh, not, yeah, it would, it would, but not. I mean, I still have a good appetite, but I wouldn't eat as much as I normally would in the past. I mean, carbs, the thing for diabetics is getting getting your carbs down. Keep away from bread. Bread is lethal. It's the worst thing. Being a diabetic is on bread. It's the worst thing you can have. It just keeps driving up the sugars, like, you know, from carbs. Um, so, like, exercise, diet, and those pig 0.25, I think it'll work for anybody. But it will take longer to get there, but it's much easier on the system. And just very finally, do you have any problems with supply now? Uh, not no, but there was a time last year we hit uh, we had a chance to play a problem. I was on Trilicity. It's a it's a genetic drug. No, I didn't find it as good. But as soon as those MP came back in the market, I'm I'm on it and I have no problem getting. You know, you're one of the, you're one of the lucky ones. Talking to somebody yesterday yeah. who only recently uh, visited or phoned something like eight or nine different pharmacies to renew a prescription and couldn't. Yes, well that's where you know where the, the supply is going at the moment is going elsewhere. It is primarily uh, low sugar. Uh, treatment. Uh, now, part of di- diabetes is getting your weight down anyway, so it's a kind of a dual-purpose drug. Yeah. But yeah, I would I would recommend it. It's a wonderful drug, really. It's fantastic. But yeah, say, but who are you recommending it for? Weight loss or type two diabetes? Is type two. Okay. Type two. Okay. And what do you make of those that are using it as a weight loss tool? No, like, like primarily, it should be first preference should be given to diabetics type okay. type two. Yeah, All right, definitely. appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Brida. Thank you, Vita. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. From yesterday's program on the death and the passing of Ben Don Jr.
Junior, a couple of interesting texts. Ben Dunn Senior, Neil, was a master technician. Women would boast about getting a dress for nine ninety nine, not a tenner, nine ninety nine. It was introduced to play on the eye as a bargain. Nine ninety nine plus Ben Dunn Senior knew the cashier to open the till for the penny and give an official receipt. It was a very clever process that was initiated. Ben Dunn Senior. Then to Ben Dunn Junior. My wife worked in Dunn's on the North Main Street in the nineteen seventies. The manager was Finney Finney Spiter, and one of his jobs was to collect Ben Dunn Junior from school and to bring him home. He said he often doctored his report cards before his mother saw them, as he wasn't that bothered about school, but he had a brilliant business brain even as a child fair play to you then talking about retail and of course Black Friday is coming and if you get bargains well and good uh, but you need to do a bit of research and a bit of digging the consumer the competition and consumer protection commission I was telling you this yesterday are saying that they will be uh, inspecting actively inspecting retailers uh, to ensure that they are not offering fake discounts in the run-up to Black Friday. Now, what they're accusing, or what the independent Charlie Weston is accusing some retailers of, is some retailers have been accused of jacking up the price for a short period just before the sale offering and then reducing it and claiming it's a discounted price where it's actually a jacked-up price that's put back down to the normal price again. So the the CCPC are saying, when a business makes a price reduction announcement, it must, by law, display the lowest price a product was on sale for the previous 30 days and base the discount on this price alone. So if they were going to jack it up, they'd have to jack it up 31 days or more before the Black Friday reduction. They're also encouraging other retailers to squeal or to whistleblow on retailers if they know of them to be engaging in false price reductions. So that's quite interesting. Text 0868 uh, This country, we were talking yesterday about um, the, well, I suppose it has more, more to do with the cost of uh, Ukrainian war refugees. The country is ridiculous. I'm at work listening to you on the air. <laughs> Ukrainians being allowed to go back home for Christmas, but having to be back by the 8th of January. Why are they coming back if they have a home or a house in Ukraine or where, wherever? Wake up, Leo Varadkar. Do you really see what's happening here? Uh, free food and a free gaff. Just wondering, Neil, when the Ukrainians go home for Christmas, is Ireland footing the bill? And if they have a home to go back to, why aren't they staying at home? No, Ireland wouldn't be footing the travel bills or the travel arrangements for people who are going home for Christmas. No. Ireland can refuse people coming into the country, but it comes at a cost of €20,000 per head, which goes into a European fund. Uh, you're meant to take in so many every year going by your size and population. Well, that doesn't make any sense to me because uh, we take an awful lot for a small country, whereas others take a lot less and they're much bigger countries. So I don't understand that. Why would you be going back to a war-torn country on holidays? Maybe they could stay at home if they can go on holidays. It must be safe to live there. And Paddy says, why aren't Ukrainians means tested before getting the dole? They still have access to the, your, their Ukrainian bank accounts. How do we know some aren't actually millionaires? So thank you for all those. We'll get some more on the air. Text 0868104106. And meanwhile, Margot, uh, well, I'll get to you in a second, Margot. Am I doing Paddy first, is it? Yeah, Paddy first. Then I hope you can hold on there, Margot, because I will come back to you. Paddy's online too. Paddy, good morning. Neil, how are you? Okay, I'm just I'm just seeing this for the very first time. So rather than me actually reading into the text you sent in any detail, go for it. What's on your mind? 
I know it was just basically that um, when you were list- when you were chatting there about people that were you know commenting about people's weight and stuff, that's totally wrong. Like people should not be going around commenting on other people. Oh, look at you! Look at you! You've got a few pounds, God Almighty! I'm not so sure that I did mention that. I, I didn't allude to um, you know people. Well, commenting. you turned around and said that uh, somebody was that they, when a person's a certain size that it's easy to go exercising and it's easy to do this and easy to do that if they're overweight. It's not. No, I, that's exactly what I said. It's very easy to tell yeah. somebody who's And I was adding to the point then okay. of people saying to, to me or to other people that when people should not make these general comments, because people sometimes feel bad enough if they have put on weight without actually saying to them, oh, look, just you put on a few pounds, why, why make the comment? Depends who depends who it is, though. If it's a family member and they're concerned for their health, is not is that well? Not that, okay? that, yeah, that's okay. But you know what I'm speaking about. I mean, I'm talking about the general general public or people, the acquaintances that you haven't seen, and you know, just feeling that they have the right to make a comment on people, and it's wrong because people suffer enough with mental health without people going around insulting them. I mean, if a person you don't know that well, why have you got the right to make a comment? Oh, I would never listen. I, I would never do that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm no, I'm not saying not you. I don't mean you. And, and 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 particularly, you certainly wouldn't make a comment like that to somebody you, like like a stranger on the street. Exactly, no. which it does happen regularly, and I'm sure you've plenty of listeners out there that have acquaintances or people that they haven't seen in a while, school friends and stuff. And they just yes, you have to put down a few pound there, right? Yeah, but and is, I mean, is, is, is that meant to? Me. Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, have you? Has it happened to you? Oh, it has, yeah. And I just turn around and just say to the person, like, what? Can-? I mean, I'd be straight out and say, what gives you the right to comment on me? Have you said that? I have, yeah. Uh, would they have been a friend or an acquaintance that you've said it? An acquaintance more than anything else, yeah. Okay. Um, and what kind of reactions do you get if you when you said? Oh, geez, I didn't mean. I didn't mean to say that at all. I was only. I was only just saying. But I mean, you said it. Okay. So you're you're quite you're being confrontational then back. Well, I mean, you're entitled to turn around and say to the person like that you don't have any right. Somebody comes up and insults you on the street, aren't you entitled to say to them, what right do you have to do that? Well, some would. Others would completely ignore it. Others would think by saying something, you'd make it even worse. Well, yeah, so we let people walk all over us. No, I'm just giving you the different ways that different people react. If it were me, Mm. I'd be inclined to just ignore it. Just get on. You just would. You just take it, and that's okay. Like. Well, I wouldn't be a fan of confrontation. You know what I mean? No, I wouldn't be a fan of confrontation either. But I do um, believe that you have the right to turn around and say to somebody, "You can say it in a polite way, Neil. You don't have to be aggressive ranting about it. You can just turn around and say, look, I don't really feel that.' Because they might feel they look well. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't feel I look bad, and I mean, I don't think it's really any. Sometimes it's sometimes it's almost confrontation. It's oh, sorry. It's almost conversational. You know, oh, Jesus, you put on a few pound. It's kind of it's almost like a yeah, different way. It's almost nice like a different way of saying hello. Can, yeah, but that person could be like. I mean, it's a strange way of saying hello if we start insulting people by hi, how are you? But you're up to getting flat. I mean, whether you put it into different words um, of putting it across some way. I'm, I'm that, actually you know, agreeing with you, but I'm trying to look at it through the mind's eye of the person that's saying it. Yeah, I, no, I understand. I you understand know, what you're saying. They might be just having a bit of crack or it's hello, how you doing? Jez, you put, might, on, a, you put on a bit of timber or, um, or, or yeah. you know, others might say, crikey, either you're aging very well or you're not aging very well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I mean, what I'm saying to you is that some people could be having a very hard time and weight is a big, huge thing to a lot of people. And I just don't think it's it's a great conversation to have with somebody if they're struggling with their weight and you think that they're after putting on a bit of weight. There's no need to say it to them because I mean they know themselves and 
they, they struggle with that quite a lot and I think it's just be nicer for people to be kinder yeah. rather than the general public but let me just ask you before I let you go and, and thank you for coming on air what about a what about a family member who might be worried about somebody's weight gain no of course that's different I mean you can put that across in a family setting in a sitting room and you can turn around and just say to him John whatever Mary whatever um, hi how are you listen I'm just a little bit concerned but you're not going to start that conversation in the middle of a street. So, I mean, at home, it's a, of course you're doing it if you're worried about a family member. Yeah, and and how how would you put it without hurting their feelings or well, starting you a flaming row? And just say, love, you know I care about you and stuff like that. And um, you, you're telling the person you care about them. You're probably showing them that you care about them as well if they're a member of your family. And you're just saying to them, look, is there any chance you do me a favour and whatever, look, would you have a look at this or have a look at that? Or you can try get them to do certain things or go about things in a different way, which you can't do with a stranger. Yeah, I mean, I put on an awful lot of weight. I think it was at one stage probably around about 90 kilos. Um, and look back at the photographs. I was like Michelin man, but nobody ever, nobody ever said it to me. Um, and no, yeah, fam- no, I mean, like, no yeah, family, no your, family. Your... What? Sorry. No, no, no family member took me. Like we looked at the photographs afterwards, years later, and, and family members said, "Oh my God, I never realised you were that weight." But nobody took me aside and said, "Come here, you need to get in shape, pal. You're losing it." Maybe because they loved you for being you, no matter which way no, you. No, I would have preferred if some people had said it to me. It would have woken me up sooner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I know, but I mean, it's just some people are on medication, some people are on, um, like I'm on medication, and I feel, yes, it's made me put on a few pounds, whatever, but I mean, there's not a lot I can do, but what do I do, stop the medication? I know what you mean, yeah, I mean, but the, the bigger picture here is that don't say it because people know it and you're just making them feel worse. Yeah, well, I think just if you've got, if you've nothing to, you know, good to say, what's the point saying anything? I mean, like, it's like the old thing is, you know, when you point your finger, you've got three pointing back at you. Yeah, okay, good point. Let's see what others believe on this one. Thank you, Paddy. Appreciate it as All always. Right, Neil, cheers, bye. Cheers, my man. Text 0868104106. As I say, Margot on WhatsApp. Margot, good morning. Hi Neil. Ah, fair play to you. So the evenings are dark now and getting dark much earlier. What happened? Look, it's it's I'm coming on here as as a parent really and as a member of the public to raise awareness really of pedestrians for the simple reason the evenings are dark, <clears throat> the weather is shocking. Um, last Friday evening uh, we were at home as normal uh, it was so bad the weather not as bad but so bad earlier in the day that I decided to take my younger children from primary school an hour earlier uh, just to get home before the traffic mm-hmm. so I took them home uh, we sat down, we lit the fire I had some letters in my wardrobe Santa letters that I bought for them uh, in pennies. Um, just and they just happened to ask me, Will you light the fire? Like, will you can we uh put on some marshmallows? All the normal things that people be doing. Yeah. So, um, uh, three or four of them go to the same school, so they normally they're tra- it's the other side, the practically the county, really. So it's not unusual for them not to be here by five o'clock. Sometimes it could be six o'clock because the traffic and everything else on a Friday evening. So that was fine. Um, about ten past five, uh, there was a knock at the door. There usually is with the kids. I said, where's your brother? They said, he's already 
after leaving before us, he got the bus before us. I said, well, he's not here. Where right. is he? Yeah, where um, is he? So next thing, anyway, I said, oh, he's probably gone over to meet his brothers and sisters or or whatever, you know, teenagers, whatever, to get these notions or whatever. So yeah. anyway, my phone was gone dead. His other parents' phone was gone dead because kids were after being playing on them, the games, the usual things. So we were just sitting down enjoying our little fire that we lit and my one of my teenagers came in and in a panic, where's your phone? I said, It's it's plugged in, it's it's gone dead, you know your 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 sister to be honest. So um she just said she was frantic. She got a phone call to say, Oh, um Logan's after being in an accident, you're not answering your phone. That's my son. So I said, How do you mean, sir? You told me he was he was he was after getting the bus before you like so where where has he gone? So bear in mind now I'm not that far away from where he is and neither is the other um his older siblings. They're not they're within arms reach neil of him, but none of us knew. Do you know what I mean? Because clearly the young fella decided that he for whatever reason he would stay on the bus and do something else so I so to cut, cut a long I, story short is it the case that he went to a shopping centre um, and was crossing at a did. zebra a pedestrian crossing a zebra crossing yeah he did he did yeah no I, I would have thought that my children would have very high um, awareness of the roads and everything because they're crossing roads an awful lot very very busy roads every day of the week so I mean I appreciate that we have no control over the weather or anything okay. like that yeah. what happened what happened, I, I, what happened at the at the zebra crossing though it was dark it was very very dark Neil. like I have no doubt in my mind like that the weather is, is a contributing okay. factor so now what, don't so get what, me wrong so what here. happened to the lad so he was in a rush when he got off the bus because apparently he needed to go to the loo or whatever all these kind of things so down he came onto the crossing anyway so I actually to be honest with you now I'm I'm on here to really wear awareness for uh, everybody including pedestrians drivers and parents to plead with them to take into account of the dark evenings and speak to your children about so did he did he did he rush across the zebra crossing without stopping and looking left and right and all that did he just go bald headed across it he just he was in a rush anyway and he I don't know for whatever reason he he wanted he, to be wherever he yeah. was going and was he hit by a car he was hit by a car yeah he was and um he got knocked over. Now, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, there's kind of responsibility on us as parents, on drivers and on pedestrians themselves as well to be aware of other people on Was the road. That they can come how, how, is, how is he after being hit he, by the car? He's he's considering now he's, he's reasonably very well, Neil, to be honest. He really is. So I'm very thankful for that. I really am. But at the end of it, I just, if there's something that I can do and I can't go back in time, but I just want to tell people, especially at this time of year, when it's dark, when people are rushing, when they're coming and going and doing their Christmas things and doing their normal everyday things every day, please be careful of people that can step off onto a road, onto a crossing, 
you know, people decide at last minute to do silly things, you know, and was you have a, to yeah. be able to no, stop. No, it's, like, it's a good warning and well done for Was there an ambulance called? There was. Was he taken yeah, to hospital there was. and everything? He was, he was, yeah, he was. Like, they were very, very worried about him because he had a bang on the head. Oh, my God, you know is he still I mean? in so hospital obviously. or is he under observation or what? No, he's out, thanks be to God, he's out. Like, you must I mean, have got I, an I awful was, fright. You must be on yourself I, with I, I did. I, I dodged the bullet, Lee. And the, the funny thing is, I could see it coming because where I live, I live in a very busy area. There's an awful lot of um, traffic or whatever. And since the day I moved in here, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, roads have to be there. I get it. Like people have to go about their business. You know what I mean? During the summertime, I've said to my kids thousands of times, do not run out in front of the traffic. Do not run after balls. Do not do all these things because cars, I live in a corner house and they fly around it every day, all the time. So, I mean, and another child in this general area as well had a very serious accident a couple of years ago in the housing estate as well. Like, so I'm just on really, I well suppose, to, okay. to appeal to, 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 to road users really to use extra care given the fact that I know today is a lovely day and this morning is a lovely day but later on in the evening it's going to be dark if the weather changes it's going to be even darker you're not going to be able to stop as much as quick in the rain or in the darkness whatever and you mightn't even see the person before it's too late now I was very lucky my child is my, my child is very well and I mean you know I am very thankful of that but I just want to okay. just tell people please slow down there's no hurry you okay. know what I mean well said well said I'm glad that he's made a and full and thanks recovery. very much okay, for giving Margo. me the time uh, thank you I'll come, I'll come back yeah well I'll come back to uh, zebra crossings and pedestrian crossings and pelican crossings um, because there are a lot of different aspects to this one is the responsibility of the motorist clearly the other is the resp- to be honest with you there is also a responsibility on those that use them and they follow the proper protocol um, so that the driver can see you and stop in time. You know, you have to be at the zebra crossing waiting, waiting. I, I would never second guess the fact that you think that the car will stop. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a gamble that's not worth taking. Anyway, text on that one. I'll pick it up after 11. Text 0868104106. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show. Red FM. Right across this week, we have uh, great prizes. We've got some lovely deluxe hampers to give away, courtesy of Celtic Interiors, who are celebrating 30 years in business, creating bespoke, handmade, great quality kitchens. And they're all on display, the most beautiful displays. Seen them myself. Lovely showroom at St. Patrick's Woolen Mills in Douglas. So to celebrate their 30th anniversary, they have a big open day on Friday. And there'll be cooking demos and workshops and expert advice and treats and everything. Um, so we've got deluxe hampers to give away every day. Sweets, chocolates, wines, uh, Celtic Interiors aprons, handmade Celtic Interior coasters and chopping boards. So every day this week, that's the prize, except for Friday, when Friday one person will win a €2,000 spend. €2,000 to be spent in Celtic Interiors at St. Patrick's Woolen Mills. So that's on Friday. But for today's Deluxe Hamper, I'll be opening the phone lines again around about 20 minutes to midday, playing Talk on a Topic. There are topics of my choosing. You get on the air. I give you one of the topics. One of them yesterday happened to be, um, you know, why Cork is a great place. You have then have 30 seconds to talk on the topic. Uh, We'll take three callers. Whoever does it best, um, you know, without deviation, 
um, you know, without oming, awes, pauses, whoever does the best wins the daily price. So that's round about 20 to midday today. Uh, the point was being made just before 11 as to what you should or should not say um, to people who have put on weight. My, car- my partner has gained a lot of weight in the last year or so, Neil. I don't know how to say it to her. She looks so different now than she did when we first started going out. I don't want to upset her, and of course, I do love her, uh, but uh, she looks so different, and I feel I'm not attracted to her anymore. And I hate myself for feeling this way. How do I say something to her? Should I say nothing at all? Well, caller just before 11 said, say nothing at all. It's none of your business. Don't get involved in it. That was uh, Paddy's point of view. It's insulting. Um, Texts on that. Um, Dump her because she'll find a man who loves her for what she is. You don't deserve her. My recent ex-partner told me I had love handles everywhere and that I'm like the wibbly wobbly wonder. Oh, and I do have an arse. Um, how did you feel when all of that was said to you? I mean, is, was that the end of the relationship, incidentally? Uh, I'm sure she's probably, another one, I'm sure she's probably realised it already by now. If you're concerned from an appearance point of view, it's you that need to go out and get your head checked But if you're concerned that her weight is affecting her health, then ask her to go out walking with you or take up a couple of classes somewhere. Another person suggests maybe I'd like to know what kind of shape you're actually in. And one or two more. It's unnecessary to speak to your partner about their weight gain because they are an adult and it's their choice and they can obviously see it for themselves. However, you could suggest that you would like to start walking and ask whether they would keep you company on the walks. Then start stepping up the pace a bit, which which is fine. Um, that's fine, but you know, ninety uh, percent of it is is actually a diet. It can't be solved by exercise alone. But anyway, not everybody is happy with uh, somebody even bringing up the topic. You should love her for herself and not for her weight or for her looks. Maybe you should take a look at yourself in the mirror and see that you're not perfect either. Um, finish your relationship with her and let her meet a real man that appreciates her for being her. Another one. You can kindly express yourself without hurting her. If you're her life partner, she won't beat you up. Ask her, is she troubled by something? Raise the health concerns, perhaps. But a lot of the texts I see time after time are telling this guy to leave. And to leave his partner for one reason alone, because she deserves better than him. Text 0868104106. The voice of Cork, Neil Prendeville. Weekdays 9 to midday, Cork's Red FM. Thank you very much as we send very best wishes to Sean and Sue out in Tenerife celebrating their 55th wedding anniversary and listening every day. He says there's the two of them now, just the two of them, resting on the paradise island of Tenerife. Something that Sean says, something that I'd recommend to anyone who has their family reared. It's well-deserved and gives the couple the opportunity to get to know each other all over again. It's just the two of us now with no outside interference. (laughs) And he highly recommends that once the children are aired to head off to Tenerife uh, and, uh, you know, catch up on life together. Also, very happy happy anniversary, guys. Uh, Have a good one. Also, happy birthday belated for yesterday uh, to the great Betty Hennessy, a wonderful woman, good pal of mine. She's down in Yall and she celebrates her birthday I uh, did yesterday. My sincerest apologies, Betty, for not knowing yesterday, although I'm not responsible for it. It is um, actually as a result of your son, Kevin, not telling me on time. So my apologies for that. And there I was always thinking that Kevin was a right mammy's boy, but clearly not as mammy's boy as much as I thought he was. But happy birthday anyway for yesterday, Betty, and keep on trucking. Um, you know what? If I tell you something... Um, 
We have diet books and we have slimming clubs and we have shakes and we have plans and we have bariatric surgery and we have all sorts of different ways to do it. Um, but yet, I suppose it's fair to say that if um, if diet books worked, right, if diet books actually worked, you wouldn't have wall-to-wall diet books inside in your local bookshops, uh, proving that they probably don't work because it's an ever-growing industry, as the fuller says. I'm joined by WhatsApp by Dr. Steve Collins. Morning, Steve. Hi, Neil. In, in, for, in fact, for a medical doctor with a background in nutrition, you make an interesting point that the focus, because say if you look at Ozempic or you look at Wegovi or you look at, um, um, there, there was a third one, um, Saxona, I think it is, a moment to correction on it. They could be costing a a Saxena. That could be costing a grand a month that the HSE is um, is is paying for somebody who's got maybe a medical card or type two diabetes. You you call that wasted money? Um, I I think it's untenable. You know, if you look, uh, obesity is part of a a condition called metabolic syndrome, which is affecting thirty percent of Irish adults. You know, that's obesity, high blood pressure, poor blood glucose, or bad blood fats. And if you've got that many people and your your approach to it is something that's costing the system a thousand euro a month, the sums don't add up. There's never going to be enough money. And so we have to focus elsewhere. You know, certainly uh, Ozempic's effective and there's indication for diabetes or extremely severe life-threatening obesity. But for your average person who's just a bit overweight, there are so many better strategies that are way lower cost and actually can be used to, to help revitalize the agricultural economy here as well. But hold on a second. My understanding from yesterday is that you have to be of a, a body mass index of 25 plus and in some cases 30 plus before you can actually get the, the likes of Ozempic. Um, that it's not for a few pounds, it's for people who are very much overweight and that it's really, really harmful to their, to their life. No, but no, normal body weight, um, normal body mass index is um, from 18.5 to 25. So when you're 25 to 30, you're just overweight. You're not dangerously obese. So when you're saying people are getting it for a BMI over 25, that is a huge proportion of Irish people. So no, so it's, it's, it's expanding. There's a lot of people using it as a, as a shortcut to, to getting, um, reducing their weight. But the data shows you stop using it and you rebound immediately. Whereas if, and I was hearing what you were saying about dietary books and everything. I think there's, there's two balances here. There's, a, there's a, a food industry and there's also a culture in Ireland, which a treat, for example, you know, when you have a child, you give them a treat. A treat is something that's high in sugar and is, is essentially addictive and poisonous. Um, and so there's a cultural problem. And there's also a food industry which is throwing um, hidden sugar, particularly fructose syrups, into so many foods that themselves create a dependency and essentially created addiction. So you've got... I know it. I know it. Two- I, I, I know it. And I can't disagree. And, and to some extent, feeding all of that to young children, all you describe, it's almost like a form of child abuse. Oh, you, you wouldn't say to a child, oh, you've been really good, have a treat, have a, have a bit of cocaine, you'll enjoy that. You know, you would never say that. So why would you say, oh, have a bit of um, a Pepsi Cola, or, or sorry, I shouldn't name brands probably, but, but a, a sweet fizzy drink that's full of fructose. You know, that it, it's madness. But, but there's, there's, I think one of the problems is nutritional science has progressed. You know, it used to be said that, oh, if, if you're slightly overweight, you need to restrict your calories to lose weight. You know, that doesn't work. You know, the body has very, very well-tuned mechanisms to keep you whatever 
fat percentage you've got to, whatever weight you've got to. And so when you try and calorie restrict to lose weight, you just get a huge appetite, you get fixated on food, and you might manage it for a few months. But but the data shows that only 20% of people yeah. can lose weight through calorie restriction. Whereas if you actually look at eating better, you know, increasing the amount of fiber, increasing the amount of veg, increasing the amount of fruit, particularly Berries. I mean, berries are a huge opportunity. I've I've stopped my career in um in treating malnutrition in in the developing world, and I'm now growing berries up up a mountain in West Cork. <laughs> and yeah, How's that and, working out for you? It's, it's working out well. There's huge demand. People love the blueberries, and there's this new berry called Aronia. So it's it's got. I don't know if you've heard of polyphenols. They're these active. Essentially, they're what makes. Don't you be going getting all technical super. on me now, and Sorry, people will glaze over. <laughs> Just <laughs> call them a wonderberry. The aronia is a wonderberry, <laughs> and it's got the highest level of wonder ingredients of any fruit or veg. You know all this. Um, the, the 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 berries that people import or these Monterey cherries, all that, the erroneous outsurpass them and it grows on the most marginal land up a mountain in West Cork. And interestingly, it actually addresses it it, it, it switches on the same mechanisms that Ozempic switches on to reduce appetite and stabilize blood glucose, albeit less strongly. But it has these <laughs> wonderful effects on metabolic syndrome and it grows here and it's low cost. Do you do you believe then that all too often people and I don't mean to insult people who are struggling with their weight, but that all too often they just want a quick fix so they're not willing or able even to put in the hard graft. Um, I think it's more than that. I, th I think, you know, you, you can't underestimate appetite as a driving force. Um, you know, it, 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 appetite is all consuming when you feel hungry, but it's so, so I think it's they've been given the wrong strategy. People have said, oh, you've got to eat less. Whereas for me, with, with um, people I meet who, who want to sort of improve their health, I actually say, look, eat more, but never eat a sweet, fizzy drink. Don't eat most fruit juices. They are very high in glucose. Mm -hmm. Try and cut out cakes, even high glycemic, you know, carbohydrates that are absorbed very quickly, like white bread. Cut out those, but fill yourself with veg. Fill yourself with good fruits. Um, eat more fiber. And that, you can keep yourself satiated. You know, you don't feel hungry, but you will, um, you will, uh, you will yeah, improve your health. I know, but when yeah, I know, um, but, and it's, but you go to the supermarket and you see aisle after aisle after aisle of things that a lot of the time are being promoted as being healthy or good for you. They're cheap, they're fast, uh, they, they, they have the carbohydrate in them to keep you functioning. Um, and, and, and it's what people buy, you know, um, it's they're frozen, they're processed, they're dehydrated. But there, it's everywhere now, and and then we have oh. we have the whole takeaway, and it's so easy now with with uh, just ease and with delivery deliveries and everything. It's very hard for people to to do right. I and I, I agree that that's so. But but all supermarkets will have a fruit and veg aisle, and there will be fruits like blueberries and you know we're, we're now with these aronia berries we've got these aronia berries around in west court now they're in health food stores they're increasing um and more farmers are growing them so i think it's 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 not a trivial battle it's a very difficult battle but it's a it's a fight that has to be fought because for example metabolic syndrome this this combination with obesity high blood pressure etc in germany even in 2010 it was costing over 24 billion dollars a year to the economy now that's increasing exponentially 
and the you know the, the cost of weight there. related issues is it to the medical system the health system yeah exactly yeah yeah and um, they the, the estimate in the US it's 10% of GDP goes on either lost productivity and illness due to metabolic syndrome and obesity or to preventing it you know that is a it's a figure in the i think it's 1.7 trillion this report came so do you think that food do you think that food comes with a strong enough warning particularly stuff that's very 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 heavy in the likes of sugar and carbohydrate i personally don't no i i i think there needs to be more um warnings you know i i it breaks my heart when i when i see the the diet so i've got young children in primary school and when i see their their um their classmates and what they eat and you know reaching for a, a bottle of fizzy sweet drink it, it's programming them you know this has to start when you're young you have to program an individual when they're young and, th- and then they, okay. they they don't get these sugar cravings but it's it is possible to turn it around later in life but it takes longer it's more how do you pro- how do you process the change as a doctor who worked as a medical doctor in famine and war zones like Somalia, Southern Sudan, Angola, Rwanda, Zaire, Sierra Leone, um, and, and in, in war, these, a lot of them war-torn, but a lot of them, you know, raging annual famine. And then you come to the Western world and you see the complete opposite. How do you process that? Oh, I, that's one of the reasons I live up a mountain in the in West Cork, as far away from anyone as possible. <laughs> I found it I found it very difficult. You know, I, I would be dealing with families who had lost all their their children, and then I come back and and someone would be moaning their new car had a scratch, which is totally legitimate. You know, if I had a new car and had a scratch, I'd be moaning. Yeah. But you can't compare the two. So my my um my way was just to live very quietly and and to start farming up here in the mountains. But your but part of your life was in Somalia, running a, a, a feeding centre for starving families, right? Yeah, I've, I have the dubious honour of, of measuring the thinnest person ever recorded, I think, with a BMI of 8.9 in South Sudan in 93. Yeah, so, no, it, it's a, but, but that's why I still, I, I won't give up nutrition, but, but now I have a young family, I want to do it here, so I'm focusing on metabolic health, and I see a huge opportunity with berries. You know, we we have an agricultural transition that has to happen in Ireland because we've got to meet climate targets. And to be able to use marginal land to grow these aronia berries is a huge agricultural opportunity. And then if you could make these part of the diet, the the um, data, there's lots of human trials showing that the, the data on improving health from aronia berries is absolutely uh, it's dramatic. It's really effective. Do you, so do that's, you, do that's you, what keeps me going. Down west along now, how long have you been down there? Is it like 10, 20 years? Yeah, nearly 20 years now. Yeah. And uh, do you live nomadically now? No, I don't go. I've I've stopped. I, I still volunteer for a charity called Valley Nutrition just to we, we developed a plant based uh, product for treating starvation. And I still volunteer to push that along. But otherwise, no, I'm a, I'm a, 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 a sedentary farmer now. I'm a subsistence farmer in West Cork. Did you row single handedly across the Atlantic? Or did you sail <laughs> sail single-handedly anyway? Yeah, I sailed, with my nephew. I sailed across my nephew. Uh, it was a good way to learn how to sail, and uh, and we survived. So uh, that was yeah, that was a that was a long time. That was ninety-two now. Crikey, you live some life. Oh, I can't complain. Yeah, but uh, the best part is being in West Cork. Do you, you, do, you, do you um? They call you the dreadlock 
dreadlock doctor is you fit well in down in West Cork with dreadlocks anyways. <laughs> yeah I was thinking of chopping them off actually I told my wife I'm going to chop them off and I'm just uh, I've had them for 30 years but now I find they just when I'm doing mechanics and lying on my back under a, under a machine they just get in the way so, so I'm thinking of chopping them off don't do it some little voice in the back of my head tells me you'll regret it if you do that <laughs> <laughs> well that's, that's it they're never going to grow in now when you're over 60 they don't grow anymore <laughs> good luck with the erroneous a berry farm though Steve great thank you thank you yeah well if you're ever down this way come and visit you'll, you'll be amazed at seeing them high up on the rocks in the most marginal land and yeah they're working beautifully I could talk to you all day um, and only you were, you, were, you were in Afghanistan that must have been the most awesome country to ever visit clearly it's Probably not very safe now, but that was sort of an amazing time, wasn't it? It wasn't very safe then. I was actually on the front line with the Taliban in the Northern Alliance when the Twin Towers came down. And um, so it was a bit hairy then as well. What were you doing with Taliban at the time of 9-11? No, I was, I was on the Northern Alliance. So it was the, the Taliban, we were in a place called Talakun, where the, the Taliban wanted to, to attack it. Oh, okay. um, and I was doing nutritional. I was working with Concern Worldwide, and we were doing nutritional surveys to look at look at food needs and, um, you know, estimate needs. But so then what was it like to be off. there then, say, on the day of and the day after 9-11? Well, it was strange. It was, I was very nervous. I nearly evacuated the team the day before the Twin Towers came down because I knew the Taliban wanted to attack the area we were in. But then when the Twin Towers came down, actually we were much safer because the focus had gone away from the Taliban expanding and attacking areas to being on the defensive. Um, but then we were we were um, we were evacuated anyway. And, and crazily, the UN sent a plane, and they they took us from the Northern Alliance area, which was quite safe and secure and pro pro um, you know not not Taliban. And the uh, the evacuation plane picked us up and then flew to Jalalabad where the Taliban had their um their main base to pick up other people. And I was just thinking, couldn't you have gone the other way absolutely, around? Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> From the frying pan into the fire. What an, exactly, what an incredible yeah. story. Beautiful, beautiful country, I'd say, though, was it? Uh, is it? Afghanistan? Oh, stunning. Stunning, stunning yeah, yeah, yeah. Stunning. If you like mountains and desert, yeah, beautiful. Okay, yeah. okay. Good luck to you. You're another stunning part of the world now down in West Cork. Don't be absolutely. a stranger, Steve. Stay in touch. Thanks for taking the call. All right, cheers. Thank Thank you. Dr. Steve Collins. There's a book in that guy. I imagine he's... uh Maybe that will be the next things that he decides to do is write the story of his life. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone 0818104106. How are we doing time-wise? We're grand. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Hiya. Cork's Red FM. I can do nothing right. It's that time of year again you could set your watch to him. Neil is off changing people's words again from Santa to Santi yet again. It's cringeworthy. Can I, I tell you... <laughs> I've Nanny Nelly in studio next week, right, from the pantomime of the opera house. I'm going to ask Nanny Nelly, is it Santa or Santi? And then we'll be obliged to follow Nanny, N- Nanny Nelly's guidance. I do not change what other people say. I say Santi, but when I read out the texts, fingers crossed in case I'm lying, I read out whatever people say. And if the text or the email says Santa, I stick to it. Uh, for me, it will always be Santi. Why should I change the habits of a lifetime personally? Actually, talking about changing habits, see that one there on Simon Cowell? He was advising people not to work on Fridays because he says five-day weeks are just absolutely pointless. <laughs> Tell somebody trying to run a business that. He says, eat dinner at five o'clock. Don't take calls after half past five. 
Uh, don't read emails after half past five. Watch a happy movie and stay outside, says he, probably living in the Caribbean. So what did you guys have to say to that? Easy for him to say that, says Kathleen. Try telling it to a mam and a dad trying to keep a roof over their heads. That man would want a slap of a wet fish. <laughs> It might wake him up and see what's going on in the real world. Anne says, I think everyone should have a half day on Fridays and Mondays off. Three and a half day week. Uh, Peter says, teachers only work four hours a day, like 20 hours a week, and they still complain of being overworked and not fully appreciated. How come teachers got thrown under a bus for something that Simon Cowell said? And Eileen says, pointless if you're a millionaire who has lost touch with the reality of ordinary people's lives. And Mackie actually picks up and says, isn't that the greatest advice in the world from a multimillionaire? <laughs> Work less. Watch happy movies, stay outdoors, don't work on Fridays. It's easy when you've got a bank balance that's bursting at the seams. If I had his money, I wouldn't be working at all, but that's a different story for another day. Um, I wonder, though, if we, you know, if just from a traffic point of view, if we all decided, companies across the country decided they were going to go to four-day weeks and then every different company, depending on, like, you pick a draw number and you get a day off a week. So it would lead to total confusion then when you're you trying to buy something or ring someone or get any business done. That's true. Really think about it. <laughs> I was just thinking that'd be great for the traffic. You know, the link would be really quiet it's every bad day. Bad enough as it is. Like if, you're, like, if, like for instance, I work on the air. Right, I'm doing stuff for the moment regarding my father's will, yeah. misfortune. Um, but you can't, revenue only take calls until like one o'clock in the day or I something. Know. Like it's, it's like just, what's the what's the deal there? So you suggesting yeah. okay, you know, you can you can ring one company on a Monday, but you can't ring them on a Tuesday. Another uh, one you can ring on a Thursday. I think the French kind of do that, don't they? It's like a chemist. Some chemists are open on Mondays and Tuesdays. Some are open Wednesdays and Thursdays. I wouldn't like so. anybody to replicate the French attitude to business <laughs> or trying to get things done. They're worse than the Spanish. They certainly don't work that many hours anyway. You can be sure of that. They're not. They're not very polite. <laughs> well, they're certainly. I certainly wouldn't say they're. They're a bit work shy, aren't they? I definitely think as a as a as a crowd. But um, yeah, no, I I don't know. I just I I, I think I like I like the idea of Fridays off. I mean, can we can we put a petition? for ourselves to be off here yeah like we're always on man Friday. that's what radio is uh, you never switch off hours off on a Friday off golf. you go pal yeah, we can do it from the golf course <laughs> Become a professional golfer then. <laughs> yeah. um, on eco, sorry, we're talking about um, good. We're talking about Black Friday and the different deals. And I went off on the one really about you know these eco-friendly washers and dryers and things that have all of these different settings. They call them EcoSense. A load of cods wallop. I bought a washer and a tumble dryer and they're complete junk. Um, we got a washer dryer ourselves that's eco-friendly. Oh my God, we live in an apartment and need to get heavy work clothes dry on weekends. Not a hope with this eco-friendly machine. When the full drying cycle ends, they're still wet inside. I thought I messed up myself, but no. I tried a second time and I went in for the same amount of time and voila, still wet. All this eco-friendly crap is a load of rubbish. I bought this to make sure our clothes were dry for work and all it's done is causing more stress. I must put the clothes on radiators so the heating must be on. Give me a break. I, I think I think if any advice goes out there at all is think twice before people tell you that they'll cost less and they really are brilliant and they'll dry the clothes and everything will be hunky-dory. It will take longer, but it'll cost you less. I just don't buy that anymore. Did the same with the dishwasher. And despite of all of the efforts, everything comes out of the dishwasher wet. And don't even start then with all of the technology they're putting into things like um, microwaves. 
Um, they've got so many different buttons on them that nobody ever uses really. The only thing you will use on a dishwasher is the heat setting to heat the food and the defrost setting. So all it needs really, and any microwave is three buttons, the, the time, the heat and defrost. The rest then you're paying for it and you're never going to use them and it'll just cause more problems than they're worth. I heard you reading out a text about a lady who wanted uh, to sort out a bike for Santi for her kids yesterday. Uh, I'm off all day today and I can go to whatever bike shop she needs, get it for her and keep it for her until Christmas Eve or whenever she wants it. No problem at all. I would just love to help that single mother working hard, rearing a family on her own. Thank you, Martha. I'll pass on those details. And then on Francis and the acid attack against him and his two brothers, there is a national fund, Neil, for victims of crime, only for medical expenses and for up to six months of lost wages. It could take five to ten years before you get anything, as there's so much red tape and so many hurdles. They don't pay out for pain and suffering, though. Is it even worth attempting to get through that if it would take that length of time to get a payment from it? Anyway, keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Can I open the phone lines now, please? It is day two of our giveaway with Celtic Interiors. We have deluxe hampers to give away every day this week and someone will win a €2,000 prize on Friday's programme to be spent in Celtic Interiors as they celebrate 30 years in business and they're there in St. Patrick's Woolen Mills in Douglas and they have a big day on Friday when they have a big open day big anniversary party. So we will take three callers, callers 10, 11 and 12. And here's the deal. You will be talking on a topic of my choosing. I will give you the topic um, and it can be anything. You need to talk on that topic for 30 seconds. No deviation, repetition, ums, ahs, pauses. You need to talk as best you can. Whoever does it best within 30 seconds wins the daily prize. So callers 9, 10 and 11, please. Pick up the phone 0818 104 106. I'm conscious of many, many texts and different topics, but I need to plough through as many calls as I can. And I saw this yesterday. Didn't get to it yesterday. Jan, good morning. Can you hear me all right, Jan? Oh, sorry, my apologies. I thought it was WhatsApp. She's on too. There you are, morning. If you haven't enough to be getting on with. Can you hear me? Hello, Jan. You can hear me all right, can Hi. you? Okay, okay, I can. I okay. Can. So, um, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just curious how, how you're getting on because I hear tell that you and the family have to go to other people's houses to shower, to wash clothes, to fill up five liter drums of water to bring home. Why? Um, well, it all started, Neil, in August. At the start of August, the water was discolored and going brown. And I didn't really think too much of it. I just thought there was the worst place in the area. Then, um, and I rang, got an investigation number, and then it kind of started from there. We went on holidays, came back, the water was brown again. And uh, through September, I'd ring, uh, they'd come out and flush the pipes. We'd have clear water for two days, and then again, brown again. Um, and then they, I'd do the same thing again. I'd ring, there'd be an investigation. They'd send an, air, an engineer out and they'd flush the pipes and we'd have clear water for two days. And this went on and on. And is it Irish been... water you keep calling in that regard? Yeah, okay. it is, yeah. Okay. And apparently the, between the jigs and the reels, it's corroded pipes, is it? Yeah, basically this went on for months and for the last two months we've had no water. It's gone from discoloured to actually brown, back to discoloured. How do you, how do you cope with that, all. just with cooking and cleaning well, and washing? It's, it's in the greater scheme of things that so many 
um, all things happening at the moment in Cork, it's not a big deal. But for me, it is a big deal because I'm depending on other people. Like, And the reason why I came on the radio is not everybody has family and friends that they could go to. I have just one child, but other people have three and four children. And I was just wondering, have they... Um, is there other people that have consistently got brown water in the north side? Um, because I rang them and I was doing the investigation. This went on now. This is uh, back and forthing the whole time since August. And then I got a phone call on Friday and I got really upset about it because I thought all along they kept on putting me on the long finger telling me it was my tank and I don't have a tank. And I kept saying the same thing over and over again. And basically they rang me on Friday from the complaints department. Now they've rung me numerous times from the complaints department before. And they said to me that they've gotten funding from the government to replace the uh, corroded pipes in the, in the north side with new pipes. Right, and good. in the interim, the water is going to be discoloured. So how long and, more? Um, into the new year. But how come, so how come those... That, how, are, is everyone in your estate and your area the same in Mayfield? Uh, well, my next, my neighbours, I, I haven't asked everyone in the estate now, but my neighbours have brown water, discoloured water, yeah, for the last two months solidly, yeah. Okay, you said I have a son on the autism spectrum and this is having a huge effect on him. We have to go to other people's houses to shower, to wash our clothes, to fill up litres of water to bring home to wash dishes and to cook. Yes, yeah. it's like, like he started secondary school now, Neil, in September and he has sensory issues with his hearing and so um, everything, even small things that affect him because he was going into a new school, transitioning was very hard for him and his downtime would be having a bath every second day. He's uh, 14 so he'd just go into the bath and relax and that was his kind of peace of mind time and space. Whereas since August, he hasn't been able to have a bath in our own house. We can't shower in our own house. The whole top floor of the house is discoloured to brown water constantly. And, um, like, it was just all the time they were saying, it's your tank. I just don't have a tank. And it's just very okay. frustrating saying it. But my point in all of this is, is other people, are, are there other people? Are there others? Like, are there, others there, yeah. does, there doesn't seem to be any, you know, uproar about it. You know, um, like myself and my family are saying why are there not other people having let me find um, out let me like, find out you know, and also let's put in a call to Irish Water afterwards to find out uh, what they're going to do about it and how quickly they can put it right but let's see if there are many being impacted on it because it is an awful disruption to day to day living it's five it months is. of it five months like, of it as my neighbour said um, my neighbour said like when there was flooding they could bring up water tankers you know why wasn't there a plan put in place okay. like he was very blasé about the fact you know oh you just have to deal with it now because this is what's happening you should be happy there's new pipes going in in the north side not corroded pipes but this is the way it's going to be ongoing yeah. and I said so you were telling me that I'm not going to have any water over Christmas into the new year and possibly onwards from Highly there. unlikely, um, I have to say. And I said, um, like, you know, the way things go, I mean, the new year, that could be summertime. So I said, there's no way. I said, it's like a third world country. We don't, we have no water so in the house until then. Okay. And he said, well, that's the way it is. And okay. I said, well, there, I have to go further about this. Okay, let's find, okay, let's get on to them right. ourselves and let's find if there are other people also impacted like you are. I'll be back to you, Jan, all right? Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Take care. Text 0868104106 if you find yourself in a similar scenario. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106.
Cork's Red FM. John, 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 thank you so much for highlighting this. You are not alone in Mayfield. It is just lit up with texts. Lit up. I'm looking at ones here from the Glen. I'm looking also at ones here from uh, all over the north side. Churchfield is coming up here as well. Yeah, your area in Mayfield. Um, people have been even on to uh, TDs about the matter in the same boat as you. It's ridiculous. Um, other people in, oh my God, there's just loads of them, but it's right across the, it seems to be right across the north side from Churchfield all the way over to the Glen and every single area in between. So you are not alone in this. Uh, I'll be coming back to it if that you can be sure. Right. Courtesy of ourselves and Celtic Interiors, we have uh, deluxe hampers to give away every day and someone will win a two grand prize on Friday to spend in Celtic inter- Interiors in St. Patrick's, Woolamills and Douglas. They're celebrating 30 years in business. So talk on a topic. Johnny Walsh is in Cantark. Johnny, good morning. Good morning, Neil. It's Johnny Burke. All right, Johnny Burke. Sorry, my apologies. Happy to correct that. Good morning, my friend. All right. Now, we've got 30 seconds for you to talk on a topic of my choosing, okay? Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the least amount of deviation, repetition, ums and ahs and pauses wins the Daily Prize. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, so 30 seconds to talk on a topic. And I would like you to tell me your three wishes. If you could get three wishes from a genie in the lamp. So the genie in the lamp pops out and you have three wishes. 30 seconds on what they would be and your clock starts now. Well, first of all, my first wish would be all good health and everything for all my family. My second wish would be to retire at this age. My third wish would be to win the Euro Millions. Um, spend uh, uh, on everything possible on my wildest dreams and at the end of that wish I would also wish for another 10 wishes so I could start and again from scratch my first wish would be a bright luminous green Lamborghini my second wish would be a mansion my third wish then after that would be (laughs) (laughs) the Lamborghini and the mansion from doing for me all day long that's a lot more than three wishes that's a pretty good effort my friend that's a pretty good effort Johnny Burke and Cantark Um, there was a couple of ims and ahs in there but we'll have to see how everybody else does so just hold on there a second while I now talk to uh, uh, Kira Lynch and Douglas Kira good morning Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. I'm going to stay on that kind of a theme, if you don't mind. Okay, so you've got okay. 30 seconds. What would you do if you won the Red FM cash machine, which today is €133,456.77? So let's say you won it this afternoon. In 30 seconds, what would you do with one hundred and thirty-three grand? And your clock starts now. Okay, first thing i do, I'd be on to Ryanair to look up flights to Lanzarote. I've never been, so I've always wanted to go there. Secondly then, I would pay off the loan I have on my car. I got a new car last week, um, so I owe a bit of money on that one. I then would head into town for the day with the bank card and I would just buy everything in sight that I would like and see um, and just be nice to treat myself. And then I would also take my family out for a nice dinner in East Coast and Douglas. And then we would go possibly down to Kerry for the weekend. Well done, well done. Where in Kerry, incidentally? Down to Glen Bay. Oh, lovely. Have you got a mobile home yeah. down there or something? No, uh, family friends of ours do, but we, we'd go down an awful lot to the towers. And, and by the time all of that was all done, you'd have 133 grand well spent. Please God, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right, hang on there. Let me see how I get on with... Um, can you just take those calls back if you don't mind? I'll do call four. And so, tell you what, it's a tough one on Paula Sullivan and Palafian because I think Johnny and Kira are pretty much tied, I would say, at this stage. Pretty much tied. Paul, good morning. 
Morning, Neil. How are you? So it's up to you to win it outright. They did quite well. 30 seconds, your chosen topic, right? And I need 30 seconds on your chosen, on my chosen topic for you is to talk on this topic for 30 seconds. Your favourite holiday ever. Tell us about your favourite holiday ever. Your 30 seconds starts now. My favourite holiday ever has to be when we went to America with my two-year-old grandson, Ryan. Ryan has now a brother, Dylan, so hopefully we'll go back with them if we got a few quid off you. So we went to Florida, Ryan, myself, Debbie, my son Mark and his partner Sarah, and we had a fantastic time in the water park. Took Ryan to Disneyland, did all the crack with him in Disneyland, saw Mickey Mouse, had breakfast with Mickey Mouse. And the memories are fantastic because we've done it previously with Ah, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. I can't really fault that. I really can't. I didn't pick up any um, ah, deviation. I'm open to correction. What do you think? I'm I'm saying Paul O'Sullivan. I'm saying Paul. Okay, agreed. My apologies to Kira and Johnny. There was a couple of ums. You're You're a taxi driver, though, Paul, so you're well used to rabbiting on about everything and anything. Well, would you believe my my wife my, said to me when I and I said to people leaving my taxi, it was nice listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that holiday I really am but we got a deluxe oh, hamper it. it's full of goodies from Celtic Interiors you take it with our blessing and uh, make a nice Christmas gift or use everything to put up on the Christmas table coasters and chopping boards and sweets and chocolates and wine okay thanks Neil you're welcome thanks for listening our lines will stay open you can text 0868104106 we'll do it again tomorrow and don't forget on Friday 2000 euro to spend in Celtic Interiors to celebrate their 30th um, anniversary in business have a good day I'll see you tomorrow for more Red FM podcasts go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts you can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile it sure beats making money as a human cannonball Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary.